0: This is jeff kober and we welcome you to this disney at play podcast well a centerpiece dining experience has been unveiled at epcot this last week connections located next to creations the gift shop sits in what is ultimately to become world celebration this is the former electric umbrella and before that, the Stargate restaurant, but now it's much bigger, brighter, and fortunately tastier. It is two-sided with one side dedicated to being a counter service restaurant that kind of actually faces world discovery and the other side being a Starbucks cafe. I've had a chance during the week to visit on three separate occasions to include a shared visit with John Frost, owner of the Disney blog and a terrific friend. We connect it is connections after all, to look at a number of dishes and to talk about all things Epcot. I also had a chance to visit with my daughter and then later with my wife and I share some of the culinary experiences we had to include not only the food, but the cast, the setting, and more. Join us as we review this new dining experience at Epcot. By the way, make sure that you connect with Disney at Play, our website. Make sure that you uh, actually subscribe there so you can be notified of upcoming podcasts. And we always appreciate when you go to your host site, as like iTunes, and provide a positive rating if you can or review, that really helps us in bringing this, the littlest podcast that ever could, to others um, seeing our podcast or listening to it for the first time wanna just talk a little bit about the heritage of this dining experience. Uh, in the early years, when Epcot opened up, it had a number of counter service dining areas. We're not even going into the table service areas, just the counter service areas. One of them was the Sunshine Terrace. This is the space where, which ultimately would become um, the original Starbucks location but back then it was a pretty full uh counter service experience and then there was also the odyssey restaurant which is still very much there although it has uh morphed into different things over the years there was the farmers market in the land pavilion that eventually became the sunshine seasons food fair and probably the best example of a um of a food mall kind of uh concept uh, eventually, after a few years, Pure and Simple joined in with a little uh, um, counter service experience in the wonders of life building. And then finally, the one we're focused on today, the Stargate restaurant, which ultimately would become the electric umbrella. So you understand, we're going to read from Burn Bombs. This large fast food establishment located in Communicore East is handsomely decorated in shades of blue, mauve, and magenta. It is particularly a good bet when the weather is temperate enough to allow dining at the tables or on the terrace outside, or when bound for World Showcase with finicky eaters in tow. It's one of the few Epcot Center restaurants open for breakfast. Cold cereals, Danish pastries, fruit cups, blueberry muffins, and cheese omelets served with a with credible uh, home-fried potatoes are available then. But the real specialty is the extremely satisfying, if extravagantly named, stellar scramble, made of cheese, ham, onions, green pepper, and scrambled eggs. This breakfast pizza might not win any prizes among connoisseurs of hot, hot, uh, hot, give me cuisine, but it is unquestionably tasty. At lunch and dinner, offerings include pepperoni, or cheese pizzas, hamburgers, steak sandwiches, fruit salads, and chef salads. The peanut butter cookies and dessert cups are good too. Stargate restaurant stays open until the park closes. You can see they were a lot more excited about the breakfast options at Stargate than they were by anything being served at lunch or dinner. Now that same space morphed. In fact, actually, All the spaces, um, well, that space went from Stargate to Electric Umbrella even before the millennial celebration. But as Epcot went into the millennium, it made changes across the board. That Sunshine Seasons Food Fair eventually just became Sunshine Seasons and offered a very different look. And in fact, that restaurant was well, um, uh, was big. It was, it was considered to be the best uh, casual dining experience at at Walt Disney World uh, since the beginning. It unfortunately has gone downhill considerably, but it did start off with a big bang as it evolved or morphed to add um, Soren and and the other. Offerings there at the Land Pavilion. The Odyssey eventually died out. It became an event facility and then, a couple of years ago, became an Epcot Preview Center. Currently, it's closed. Sunshine Terrace, which was across from Electric Umbrella, became Pasta Piazza. I can't remember if it was just before or during the Millennium Celebration and later became a Fountain View, which later then became Starbucks. Most people do not remember Pasta Piazza, it had a short life and was not very impressive by any means. Pure and simple, well, it went out of business along with Wonders of Life and went away. And the electric umbrella actually, uh, which was created even before the Millennium Celebration, was the, actually the only thing that stayed in for the last 20 plus years. So the electric umbrella has had a future. There are a couple things I liked about the electric umbrella. I love the outdoor dining space. That was really big. I liked the, the terrace uh, seating indoors and particularly the second floor seating was kind of a nice little um, kind of cool thing. All of that is gone, to be just very honest. None of that is still part of what is there. But what is there now is, is very unique. What they have done is they have taken out what was interventions, uh, some of all thrills, House of the Future kind of thing, the Crayola exhibit, all those things that were, they have pushed out the walls and taken over that space. What was the electric umbrella is more right now of what is the new Starbucks. It uh, takes up that front space and actually is the part that is facing what has now become world celebration or what will be world celebration as the fences come down. The part on the other side, and I say the other side because it's still all very much one space. The part on the other side is where the eatery is or the um, the uh, table, uh, the uh, counter service dining experience. and uh, that has expansive view looking out over what is now, World Discovery, which includes Test Track and um, Mission Space and what will soon become, um, well, what is opening any day or formally any day as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Also, the Play Pavilion. Formerly Wonders of Life is back in the back there and you see all that and it's beautiful in the day and it's even more beautiful at night and you can see a monorail passing by. It's really a a terrific dining area. Big windows all over. There are not one, not two, but three show kitchens that have been established. Lots of little nooks and areas. Lots of different kinds of tables and seating areas to sit in. Um, Some maps. The floor has maps that date back to Walt Disney World and Epcot. I'll talk a little bit about that later. It's just, and by the way, we have a video of all of this. So again, all the more reason to go to Disneyatplay.com because our post attached to this podcast highlights all of that. But at the center of all this is the food. And so let me take the time to review what that looked like. Before I get into my dining experience with John, the day before, I had a chance to visit Connections for the first time with my daughter. There, uh, we had an opportunity, um, actually, we're kind of in and out a couple of times, but we ordered a couple of things to try out what they were like. One of them was the Banh Mi Burger, which is a miso-marinated gourmet beef blend, pickled vegetables, sriracha mayonnaise a toasted bun. We also got the hand-breaded chicken sandwich, which included housemade pickles, signature sauce, and a toasted brioche bun. The chicken sandwich was very good, but not nearly as good as the banh mi burger. In fact, I have to say that is probably one of the best burgers that I have had uh, in a counter service experience across Walt Disney World. And, uh, and by all means, it is light years away from the previous amber they used to serve back in the days. That was painful times. Now you had a choice of a couple of different sides with those sandwiches: coleslaw, French fries, Mediterranean side salad, and a cutie's mandarin. We we tried the coleslaw with one, and we also tried the Mediterranean side salad. I have to say that neither of them really had much taste to them. They weren't bad, they just weren't great. They were just adequate. And the French fries are, well, of course, Disney's standard French fries, a McDonald's type thin slice fry that I just have fortunately managed to remove from my diet completely because I have never been a fan of that. We also, at a later time, ordered the Mediterranean burger and divided that up between us. It's a gourmet beef blend, uh, shredded lettuce, pickled vegetable and feta relish, Zong, Zong, zhoug, zhoug, uh, mayonnaise, and a house-made uh, donor bread. This also was a great selection, and honestly... um almost equal to the Bon mi burger. I really preferred the other one a little bit more, but they also have a Southwestern burger. They have a French Bistro burger and they have an American classic burgers. Um, They all range somewhere in the price range between 11.99 and 12.99. And I have to say, I think that they were all very reasonably priced given uh, what came with it. So we found that that was a really good selection. Now, I have to also admit that we tried the, and I apologize for not pronouncing this correctly, the Liege waffle, L-I-E-G-E uh, waffle. It's brioche dough and pearl sugar, uh, strawberries, whipped cream, and then chocolate sauce. And it was delicious. A so $5.29 dessert, but honestly, um, it could be something you might have gotten out there in the food and uh, food festival booth uh, during maybe food and wine or during flower and garden. Uh, but I, it was nicely plated. All these things were nicely plated, by the way. It was really nice to see real silverware and plating and not the cardboard uh, options, which I wonder how long that's all going to last. But it was really nice to uh, see that. And um, honestly, at five twenty-nine, dollars I thought it was a really good bargain and a great taste. We just really enjoyed that, and we, we split that. It's an easily a splittable thing. We also had a chance to try the apple pie gelato shake. Now, they have that and the mango coconut milkshake. And uh, John and I try that later. Um, the apple pie gelato shake, I just... Um, I don't feel like these are ice cream base shakes they're kind of like the same kind of product do you get at mcdonald's um they were interesting tastes but they were very expensive at 729 a piece and kind of thin and not worth really going back to we also had tried the watermelon mint agua fresca and um i would order that but i would say ask them for no ice on that drink I think then it will be a pretty good pretty good choice for you any rate all those selections you see before we we have really well we now we're gonna go to our experience with John and try out a number of other foods there really is quite a selection here and uh, we're gonna try those and uh, see the experience and hear from John personally about his experience. Uh, with connections, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on at Epcot. Okay, we are here at uh, Connections Eatery, listening to the end. Oh, you missed at the end of Tapestry of Nations, the music as uh, as the background to our setting here. And I have the great fortune of being with uh, Blogosphere Pioneer. The owner of the Disneyblog.com, John Frost John, it's great to be with you
1: Oh, it's great to be with you, Jeff And thank you for inviting me to uh, Share a little time with you today So
0: we're going to talk food first And then we're going to talk about all things Disney, particularly Epcot Um, Because it's always It's always fun to just talk uh, Shop with John So we just sat down To a meal, and I'm I'm gonna look up some of these items that we took on. We took on, um, oh, but I gotta go back to it. Okay, we took on that, uh, I took on the, uh, the General so chicken salad, which was a petite kale blend. I didn't see the kale. Broccoli <laughs> slaw, don't remember the broccoli slaw, red bell peppers, maybe. Mandarin oranges, I do remember that, Adame. How do you pronounce that, John? No idea. Uh, Crispy wontons. Did get that. Warm fried chicken, General Tso's dressing. Okay, so... um, Actually, it was one of the better salads I've had at Walt Disney World. That may not be saying much. But it is what we experienced. And uh, the problem was is the chicken looks really appetizing. When you see pictures and when you are... um, when you are uh, looking at the salad it looks like really good but in reality they're, they're the chicken strips that they're the feeding now? the kids thanks Kathy oh, they're right the chicken strips you feed the kids and then they put it into a, a a a mandarin sauce so it was a little they have a breaded chicken sandwich and I think if they had
1: used that chicken for this salad that would have been an amazing salad Now, you have the niçoise? Yeah, the niçoise-style salad, which is uh, potatoes, white and green beans and olives, and uh, this Dijon-style, mustard-style vinaigrette. And um, I'm vegan, and that's totally vegan as it is created, so I like that a lot. Um, Though my one suggestion is stir it up pretty well because by the time I started eating it, all the dressing had floated to the bottom. So once I stirred it up, The dressing was distributed. Um, It was quite lovely flavors. It really brought out um, what I remember of the old uh, tuna niçoise that I had back when I was in Paris. So quite lovely salad.
0: Very cool. Then we shared the curry spice pizza, which uh, tikka masala, carrot, potato, peas, tomato, plant-based mozzarella, um, lime yogurt served. With Mediterranean side salad, I think we missed the Mediterranean side salad here, uh, John.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't see that. And yeah, the the you know what I really didn't taste on that. There's like a masala style sauce on it. I didn't get a lot of a lot of that. That was really really subtle. But the other fresh vegetable part came through pretty well. It was a great tasting pizza, but not necessarily the pizza that's described here. Yeah. The
0: the the. Uh, uh, the uh, bread or the the, the pizza crust that, i mean let's just understand this is this is light years ahead of what you're going to get a pizza rizzo so this is the good news is if you're gonna get your pizza get it here i haven't tr- we haven't tried the other s- slices um they have a couple of varieties there um with uh a meatball a pepperoni and five cheese we haven't tried those but um, but I like the crust on this, and that that worked out really
1: well, I think and The other thing I liked about the pizza was that it 's about the same price as the pizza at Pizza Rizzo, but less of it is crust where pizza Rizzo is a round stall single serving mm. you get a lot of crust on that Yeah. this is, this is a quarter of a larger pizza, so there 's less crust around the outside so you 're getting more pizza for your pizza dollar
0: as I recall, electric umbrella did um, flatbreads and surprised they didn't go back to the flatbreads but they do have a, a, a bakery um, you know window where you can look into seeing them making their bakery products which uh, which is very cool actually they have three uh, kitchens you can look into between here and the and the Starbucks uh, connections cafe um, so that was that was really good we had the mango coconut milkshake. I got the
1: mango. Don't
0: sure I got the coconut.
1: Yeah, there was no, there's no actual milk in there. So it's, it's that coconut milk flavor that, you know, if you've had the blue milk over at, um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, it's the same sort of idea. So, um,
0: it, and it said it was topped with pomegranate molasses drizzle, maybe molasses. I thought looking at it, it looked like caramel. Um, but I didn't, I didn't see any I didn't I didn't get any pomegranate taste the other thing we had was the watermelon mint agua fresca uh,
1: thoughts on that John uh, I love agua frescas, and watermelons my favorite flavor so this is pretty good right in there so it's not the
0: fresca like uh, like uh, coca-cola fresca
1: no it's you know it's it's a uh, you know just the, I'll, well, I think the nice part about it is that a lot of uh, these uh, refreshers are, will be on a hot summer's day. It'll really hit the spot and cool you down. Our mobile order
0: uh, took about 20 minutes once you said you were here, so that was a big wait. My recommendation is for somebody to wait on the mobile order and the table while the other person goes across to Club Cool and grabs some sodas, so, <laughs> which is just across the way. So that's my recommendation on that. Nothing like that Chinese barbecue uh, soda thing they've got going on over there. Um, So the restaurant itself, thoughts on it, John?
1: Well, it's really two restaurants. There's the eatery side, which is where you'll get your major food, and then there's the cafe side, which is the Starbucks location. And, you know, if if you were at Electric Umbrella, this is a much larger space than Electric Umbrella was per square... You know, per the floor. Um, so. It was what is the Starbucks cafe side yeah, now. Yeah. We
0: are sitting probably where the house of the future was in interventions.
1: Yeah, we're, so we're on the intervention side now. And I was just going to say the capacity for this whole place is like 1,718 people. So it's a, they can squeeze a lot of families in here throughout the day. And uh, the design is really open and airy. Lots of light coming in. Uh, but there's also a lot of wood involved. So you get the warmth of the wood and the airiness of the windows. And where we're sitting, we can look out and see the monorail going b- of, above a bed of flowers. With um, uh, It's the, really very lovely. Yeah, it's very lovely. The play pavilion kind of glowing gold in the distance. It's quite nice. Yeah, the play pavilion. We we'll, didn't we'll talk about that job. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, and, and the strange strange thing if I may say is that there's no really there's no outside eating area now I have to be honest unless it was really crowded electric umbrella I never really did see a lot of people eating outside the electric umbrella um, but I I like that area maybe when they finish the expansion on the cafe side they'll add some outdoor tables but right now there's none it's all indoors and uh, and at night the cool uh, purples of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, along with the, you know, just shades. It looks beautiful at night here on this side, uh, which is the uh, now Epcot Discovery side. Unless you're on the cafe side, then you're on the Celebration side.
1: Yeah, it's odd how one restaurant is split between two different worlds. (laughs) Yeah, world discovery
0: and world celebration. I should have said yes. Two worlds, one eatery. Okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, anything else you you thinking about as it relates to this space? I love the variety of seats and different choices as to where to go. There are places where you can. Um, there are places where you can sit kind of at a bar and tune up your. Uh, mobile device love that there are some very cool maps uh one showing kind of an outline of the original epcot city another showing an outline of how walt had originally perceived walt disney world as an entire property to be they're kind of hidden under tables so you have to kind of look and don't get a very good instagram of it but but um all in all this is light years ahead of Electric Umbrella. Yeah, I think.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've only w- I've John, only been here need for to an think hour. I that over. I've only been here for an hour. So I, you know, it, miss, it to me it's missing a few of the quaint elements of that Electric Umbrella had. Uh, you know, it had an upstairs area. So if you wanted that to get away true. from the crowds, there was there was a place to go. Um, there is, so that it's really lacking here, but but uh, what connections eatery and connection cafe does have is this marvelous uh, it's got to be a 200 foot long mural showing uh different cultures and how they prepare wine uh coffee and tea and various food items um from the harvesting to the preparation and it's you know it's a multi-continent tour through through different food so i i yeah, I spent some time looking at that this morning It's a really nice mural
0: You know, and it's, it's a compliment And, and it's, um, it's parallel to The um, To the gift shop Which starts with a C <laughs> Not to be confused with celebration World celebration Which starts with I C we, I can't believe I'm not thinking of the gift shop name But um, um, It'll come back to us in a moment the uh, former Mouse Gears. Um, but it has murals in it. I can't, I can't believe we're forgetting the name of that gift shop between the two of us. It's not very memorable, apparently. Well, it's a C word because celebration begins with a C. So, um, so that's a leaping point to uh, what I want to talk to you about, John, which was, so where's Epcot? Where are we at in this park? What are your thoughts and feelings about about uh, where this park is at right now and where it's headed?
1: Well, it's definitely still in transition, Um, but they've done a pretty crafty job of of keeping it open to very high capacity. And the transition is going from a park where the focus, uh, at least on half of it, is on the future to a park where it's really about technology and Disney, intellectual property um the you know so we'll leave off the world world showcase side which hasn't changed too much um but the you know the what used to be future world is really uh splitting into three different distinct personalities but there's going to be a larger focus on disney ip and you know jeff you were explaining one of the one of the reasons behind this is just you know uh there's not, the, there's not the sponsorship money from big corporations there to bring in the sort of things that uh, you know, that they, Disney would have built in the past. So if Disney's putting the bill, it makes sense for Disney to put in their own brand. Yeah, put in
0: their own IP. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Chapek was asked, I think, when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened up before the pandemic, why so much IP? And he's, he basically said, look. If Universal had these IP, they would be doing things left and right with it. So why aren't we? And and that that works for me. I, I don't have a problem. I did... I have to say... And, and we'll withhold our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Rewind until we've had our chance to go on it.
1: Cosmic Rewind.
0: The Cosmic Rewind. Thank you. <laughs> Mission Breakout, Cosmic Rewind. Um, the idea that it's... Uh, Galaxium, I think was the term for it. Uh, Rather than we're looking at our own galaxy, we're looking at multiple galaxies, which I guess is supposed to be the separation between mission space and and this thing. Um, At that point, you know, I, I don't know where the science lies. Um, and I also felt that way with the Wonders of Life building becoming the Play Pavilion. What is it offering?
1: We don't know. We don't know what's changed. Well, and if you, if you look
0: across, <laughs> you see that the wall is pretty defined between here and Wonders, or the Play Pavilion. It's still out there in the map, still being talked about, is being put in. Um... At the same time, I think, I think the uh, Space 220 restaurant was a nice touch for this side of the park. And uh, I think that's working really well. I think celebration until we get... I'm really waiting for that magical day where somebody really tells me what's in the middle of this, uh, of this park. Because their idea of creating an elevated um, event
1: space, has not been mentioned since pre- previous to the pandemic. Well, I'm hoping we'll, I'll, we'll hear a little bit more about that um, next week where they're doing a media event um, that will include the opening of, of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Good and point. They, they promised to tell us a little bit more about uh, the future of the 50th anniversary celebration and probably, you know, more things that will be coming. But You think is, you'll get a Tron date? Uh, my guess is we will not get a Tron date, but um, you might get a Tron season. We'll probably get a Tron like something season. like a fall or a winter. Yeah, I mean they're in they're they're in the testing phase already. So you know it, they could be open in less than six months if they if they uh, really finish the uh, the rest of the uh, outside of the attraction that hasn't been finished yet. So.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Now,
1: John, I haven't asked you. What do you think of Harmonious? Uh, if you have a good viewing location, I think Harmonious is great. Um, there's a lot of areas where you're missing out on a good portion of the show because you can't see the center float, um, the Stargate float. But um, but if you have that, if you you know if you're in one of those small slices of the pie where you can see the center flip pretty clearly. I think it's really good. And then I also really like that they did the same sort of thing they did for uh, Tapestry Nations where there's playout music. Um, you know, after it's over for about 10 minutes, you can stand around and dance while the crowd exits and there's a little bit more visual things to see. Um, so kind of extends that experience. Um, very cool.
0: Um, Anything uh, anything else you're thinking about
1: in terms of the parks and where it's at right now? Well, I'm a little worried about the festival center. You know, Disney has decided to turn Epcot into a festival park, which I'm not opposed to, um, you know, as long as they keep the, the drinking to um, relatively minor levels. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, using Epcot as the home base for festivals is great. Um, matter of fact, I'd love to see them maybe divide um, Flower and Garden with a new festival that brings in uh, another another idea, rather than having Flower and Garden and um, Food and back Wine. Back end of Food and Wine. Yeah, b- yeah. B- back up against each other there. So some sort of summer Summer theme, festival. Summer thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, but if they're going to do that, they need a really good festival center. You know, we've had now two years of festivals with no festival center, no place to, you know, meet and greet the people or sign books or, or um, buy the, mer- you know, peruse the merchandise. And for a lot of people, that was the why they came here. They wanted to see that, that chef from, from um, Food TV or the Food Network. And, you know, they wanted to talk to that person that, you know, worked on... HGTV, home, so I'd like for them to bring that back I uh, totally agree Totally agree Well, um, thank
0: you, John, appreciate you uh, Giving us uh, your Thoughts, your reviews I will tell you that the word Of the day Is creations, as in <laughs> creation World shop. Celebration Creations shop. So on that note, let us not forget the other C word that goes with this corner of the park. Thanks, John. Appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Really enjoyed it.
0: So if those first opportunities to uh, check out the food and beverage at Connections weren't enough, I actually had a chance to come back and visit uh, the uh, restaurant with uh, my wife, actually, we were celebrating our anniversary, wedding anniversary, and we, uh, no, we didn't celebrate at Connections. We actually went to, um, to Le Celier at Canada, which I had been to, but not in a couple of decades, and my wife had never visited. I don't even think she really understood that there was a restaurant at the basement of the Hotel du Canada, which is the large building in the center of the Canada Pavilion. We had a great experience. I have to review that. In fact, actually I have to say that is one of the best Walt Disney World dining experiences we've had a long time and a good value. So come back to me on that later. So full by the end of that experience, we didn't want any dessert. We ended up walking around and doing a number of things. And then we kind of finished out the day back at Connections. And we were just kind of wanting a drink, so we both ordered the uh, the dragon drink, which was tasty, but again, a little bit like that agua watermelon agua fresca thing. I would recommend that you order it without ice because the ice just totally dilutes the drink. But we just, I think the uh, remarkable thing there was not so much the food and beverage as we came back, but we grabbed one of those little uh, lounge chair areas, little um, little uh, spaces that they have devoted to just uh, sitting down and enjoying it. I could see Spaceship Earth with its lights outside the windows. It was night, and it was just a lovely conversation and chat at the end of our experience. And it was an opportunity to just recap some things that were going on in our lives and. Just to sit back and enjoy the setting that we were in uh we enjoyed it so much we didn't bother to get up to go over to harmonious and see the fireworks we just enjoyed the remainder of our evening there again i have to say there are really um some good things that are happening at this connections restaurant and uh i highly recommend the experience that you check it out when you make your next visit to the park. So let me summarize the experience by offering what I think are some big highlights and as well some opportunities. Here's what I loved most about the experience at Connections. And they are, by the way, five big things. The first is it's a big space. It's not clustered. It's so well lit. It's so very open. It, it just has this sense of, of it being its own signature experience. You feel like you have arrived at a dining experience. Big space. Number two, big windows with beautiful views, especially in the dining area of World Discovery. With the monorail passing by and beyond it, Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Mission Space and so forth. Now the other side will probably also be pretty impressive too but unfortunately there are fences along that way um, in uh, World Celebration and we don't know what's behind that. We know that very close to it will be a statue of Walt Disney uh, sandwiched in between what is Connections and uh, what is Spaceship Earth. We also uh, can see right now that guest relations is under uh, remodeling and so forth, but really we don't have, and we know that uh, across the way will be the Moana uh, water uh, experience, but really they have not defined what's going on in the rest of world celebrations. So we don't know how beautiful those views are going to be in that area of the restaurant, which is the Starbucks area. The third big thing, is big beautiful and inclusive mural showcasing how food is part of how we celebrate our lives the world over that is a that mural just canvases and kind of is, is a ribbon almost tying the two sections of the restaurant together. It's very interesting because it actually begins with what appears to be gathering coffee beans and again tying to the, the Starbucks. There's also, by the way, um, some glass cases showcasing uh, tea kettles and coffee urns and things of that nature that have been used the world over that are part of, uh, again, it's just a piece of inclusion, which is one of Disney's new uh, values, and I just thought it was very clever how they infused uh, those ideas of inclusion into the whole dining experience, which also, by the way, includes a variety of or some some interesting uh, dining options that also um, uh, pay homage to different cultures. So love the big, beautiful, uh, and inclusive mural. The next one is a big menu with not only great selection, but Oh my goodness, better tasting food than ever before. I used to drag myself over there to feed my youngest son who was autistic and wanted nothing more than French fries and a hamburger. And I hated that. I I, I came to loathe electric umbrella, which is unfortunate because there was a lot, there was some good things about electric umbrella, but it just, it had died a thousand deaths before it, um, it finally went away. And the last thing that I absolutely loved were the big floor maps, which references the heritage of all things Epcot and Walt Disney World. One is a, a, lar- a, a map that... Um, is one of the earliest illustrations or is based on one of the earliest illustrations of how Walt Disney World would be laid out. And then another is a map of how the city of Epcot, the community of Epcot would have been laid out as well. But that ties into uh, some things I think are opportunities that I think are still amiss. The first is those same floor maps are in terrible locations that can't be appreciated and enjoyed. You have tables, you have queues on top of it. There are open spaces in that restaurant where those floor maps need to be moved to. And I know that's probably a big cost thing, but that that was just poor planning uh, where those maps ended up. The second is a better flow of traffic in the Starbucks area. The main um, connections, cafe entrance, uh, steps down, steps right down into the,, um, the Q for Starbucks and it just is a real um, bottleneck in that area and uh, and is not uh, f- friendly to guests with wheelchairs. Now, there's a big ramp on one side that handles guests because the the, the floor level actually changes from the cafe side, down to the eatery side. So um, uh, that's, all of that is just kind of messy. Mobile ordering is simply taking too long and standing in line is not any better. It's Both are very arduous and very long. I, I think basically they need a lot more cast members to work that area. Um, the cast members I got to meet there were just terrific which is a contrast to Electric Umbrella. I felt like I felt like Electric Umbrella was the last place cast members went before they were being terminated. They just, they looked like they were in a death march at Electric Umbrella. So um, love the cast, but again, we need more of them because it's just taking too long to um, churn out these meals. And then finally, I'd love to see maybe some outdoor dining choices and maybe that'll come as the world celebration space uh, unfolds. Again, right now there's really fancy in that area. So it's it's really hard to tell. But all in all, it is a hit in my view and a great preview of things to come in uh, Epcot as as the future unfolds in this park. Well, thank you for joining me for this Disney at Play podcast. It, uh, I gained pounds doing this, this review and LaCelia didn't help either, but it was so fun and I hope you have a great time when you visit Epcot. Know that if you want to explore more of disneyatplay.com, check out our Wayfinder Society, which offers some really um, cool interactive tools that uh, you get to enjoy as as a member of the Wayfinder Society. So come check that out. It's posted on our disney at play site which by the way also has um links and photos and things from everything that we shared in this podcast so make sure you check all that out again thank you for being part of this disney at play podcast for being with us and finally in the words of sinbad's storybook adventure always always follow the compass of your heart have a great day We'll see ya real soon.